0: they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello once again, everybody and thank you for joining me in the Betters Boxes ATS.io's MLB Betting Podcast for Monday, July 5th. I'm your host, Adam Burke, reminding you to check out the daily article every day over at ATS.io with my thoughts, my picks for the Major League Baseball card. Got that up bright and early here this morning with a couple of plays for Monday and some thoughts on some other games as well. So I encourage you to check that out over at the website. Also make sure you download the ATS app, which you can find in the Google Play Store or in the Apple Store. It's a bet tracker, an odd screen, a stats database. Really helpful handicapping resource for you, so you can download that for your Android or iOS devices, the ATS app. So for today, I'm going to do something a little bit differently here. am going to take a look all about the futures market. Had a listener request for this, a little bit pressed for time here on a Monday, so I'll run through the division, pennant, and World Series futures, and also take a little bit of a look at the player futures markets that are posted out there, then give you some thoughts on some series coming up for the week ahead. So like I said, I had a listener ask about this and real quickly before we get into the numbers themselves, just want to remind you how critically important it is to shop around for the best prices. It doesn't matter if you're betting individual games, futures markets, props, whatever the case may be, it is always in your best interest to shop around for the best prices. That means having multiple outs, that means being able to compare different sports books. So this is something you want to get in the practice of all the time but especially with regards to futures markets because anything you can do to increase your profit potential will also increase your options as we get to the tail end of the season in terms of hedging and things of that sort. So definitely very important to shop around for the best prices. With that being said... For consistency's sake here on today's show, I'll be using the odds from FanDuel Sportsbook for the division pennant and the player futures, World Series futures as well. I did put together the notes on Sunday. Shouldn't be a whole lot of changes in the odds, but do want to throw that out here today in case you look over at FanDuel and the prices are a little bit different. As I said, a little bit pressed for time here today, so I did the notes on Sunday to get this Monday show out to you as quickly as possible. And with that we start with the American League East where the Boston Red Sox a minus 170 favorite, Rays in the 3 to 1 range, Blue Jays 7 to 1, Yankees 10 to 1, the Orioles with no chance whatsoever. And you know this Red Sox team has a lot more staying power than I expected. However, they still have 13 games left head to head with the Rays and also the Yankees. So, if Tampa Bay is going to make a move, it'll have to be in those head to head games. And that's something you want to take a look at here in these Uh, futures markets for divisions how many more head-to-head meetings are there because right now when you look at the situation with the Red Sox and the Jays it's very hard for Toronto to make up ground because they just don't have those head-to-head opportunities the Rays do so if you were to take a price of anybody here in the east I think the Rays in that 3 to 1 plus 280 range the one to look at but I don't think there's anything worth playing at this point in time Boston, I don't think they're as good as they've shown here so far. But to this point, they lead this division. They have a little bit of a decent lead at this point in time. So right now, I don't see a lot of futures equity in that division. But I do in the AL Central, where you've got the White Sox, a minus 600 favorite, Indians 5-1, to one, Twins, Royals, and Tigers, all well down from there. If you've got the capacity in your bankroll to do it, I think the White Sox at minus 600 are absolutely worth a play or whatever the best price you can find is out there in the betting market. Indians just dropped four in a row to Houston. They've dropped six in a row. The regression very much in progress for this Cleveland team. And they do have a tough schedule in the month of July. They play Tampa Bay twice. I believe they play Houston again. They played a pretty weak schedule in June. They were able to kind of stay the course, kind of be status quo a little bit in spite of all the pitcher injuries. And I know that people may want to look at this team and say, look, they're getting Shane Bieber, Zach Plesak, and Aaron Savale back. And while that is true, this is still a really bad offensive team. They've played a weak schedule to this point, and they've already played 11 of their 19 games against the White Sox as well. So I think there are limited opportunities head-to-head for the Indians to gain ground on Chicago and tighten up this Central Division race a little bit. As far as the American League West goes, Houston a minus 320 favorite, the A's in the 3-1 to one range on the plus side, Angels, Mariners, and Rangers all with very limited shots based on the odds and based on where the standings kind of currently sit. I do think that Oakland's deficit is manageable. However, I don't think now is a good time to bet on them because they play the Astros this week. So Oakland is three and a half games back. It's been a very one-sided season series to this point in time. So I don't think now is a good time to bet on the A's. Now, of course, you could say, Adam, look, they may win two out of three, get back a game in the standings. Yeah, that's a possibility. But with how Houston is playing, with what that offense is doing, I would be surprised if Oakland cuts that deficit down this week. So I don't think now is the time to bet on Oakland. I think you wait and hope that maybe Oakland can beat some other teams on some days when Houston loses to kind of close that gap. But ultimately, the only futures play from a division standpoint I see in the American League is to take Chicago at that big, chalky price because they're going to win that division. As far as the other two divisions go, while I think both Boston and Houston probably do hold up at this point in time, I don't think that there's a whole lot of betting equity on either one of those teams. As we move over to the National League East here, the Mets are minus 230, Braves at 5-1, Nationals plus 650, Phillies at 9-1, and the Marlins well off the pace here. You know, I'm still really intrigued by the Atlanta Braves. I don't think that the Mets are as good of a team as they've shown here so far. Their run differential suggests that. Some of their other alternate standings metrics suggest that as well. They do have three games in hand, though, and already have a lead. So you are having a little bit of an uphill climb with Atlanta, but that's where the 5-1 to one price comes in. Beyond Jacob deGrom, I don't think the Mets rotation is that great. I think Marcus Stroman is certainly very solid. But beyond that, I don't really like a whole lot about this Mets pitching staff. Yeah, the offense will get healthier and that will make a difference. But I still, for whatever reason, believe in this Braves team. I don't know if it's the offense. I don't know if it's the talent level on the pitching side that really has underperformed thus far. But I think the Braves at 5-1 are worthy of some consideration here for that National League East division crown. Over in the NL Central, the Brewers are a minus 490 favorite, the Cubs at 7-1, Reds 12-1, Cardinals 14-1. This is a really tough division because the Brewers do show a lot of regression signs, but who can catch them? I mean, I don't think the Cubs are a very good team. They've got some important position player impending free agents coming up that may be traded at the trade deadline or something like that. So, I don't think the Cubs can get back into this mix. I don't think the Reds have the pitching, and I don't think the Cardinals have anything. I think this is a very bad Cardinals team. Uh, Mike Schilt seems to be in way over his head. The pitching staff is kind of in shambles with some of their injuries and some of their home road splits. So really not a whole lot of options here in the NL Central where I'm happy to have Brewers for a World Series future at 55-1 to prior to the season. Other than that, I don't really see a whole lot of futures equity in that National League Central. As we go to the National League West division here, the Dodgers, the minus 210 favorite, Padres plus 260, Giants 5-1, to one, Diamondbacks and Rockies with no hope. The Dodgers are at a really high price here. Being over a $2 favorite in this division I think is a little bit presumptuous for them. So when I look at the NL West, I think the Giants are a good bet at 5-1. to one. I think they're up there with taking the Braves at 5-1 to one in the National League East. The Giants are legitimate. They've got some staying power. They've got uh, you know, ammunition to trade for some bullpen upgrades. They're a very well-run organization. I think this Giants team is very legitimate. So I think at 5-1, they are worthy of consideration. I know they've not played as well head-to-head against the Dodgers as you would like, but I still think that this is a very good baseball team and a team that will look better uh, when we talk about things like this later on down the road, especially after that July 31st trade deadline. So if we look at the American League pennant here, the Astros plus 280, White Sox plus 330, Red Sox 6 to 1, Rays 650. The Yankees, it's weird that their pennant price is 7 to 1 when their division price is 10 to 1. Uh, that's not really one that adds up there, but it speaks to the lack of attention paid by the sports books to these futures as the season goes along. That is strictly aligned based on their preseason exposure to the Yankees where they don't want to open themselves up to more money, but they could put New York at 12-1, to 14-1, something like that. And I still don't think at this point in time they would take a whole lot of money on the Bronx Bombers there. But as far as the pennant futures go, there's one team that I think stands out here, And it is the Chicago White Sox at plus 330. And the sole reason for that is because they're going to win the division. They're going to avoid the wild card round. They're going to get right into the division series. They've got a very good roster. They should get better as the season goes along as well. However, I think there's a better futures bet with the White Sox. And of course, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Over the National League pennant side, Dodgers plus 195, Padres plus 430, the Mets plus 460. Brewers 550, the Giants at 14-1, to the Braves at 23-1. to I'm looking at both the Giants and the Braves here. I think at 14-1, to the Giants are a really good look to win the National League pennant. Now, a big reason for this is exactly what I just talked about with the White Sox, in that the Giants are going to make the playoffs. Both wildcard teams will come from the West Division, and of course, we'll have the division winner there. So three of the five playoff teams in the National League will come from the West Division. There's no team in the East that looks good enough to be a wild card, and obviously no team in the Central Division that looks like a wild card. So the Giants will get in. At 14-1, I think that's worthy of a look here because they're going to get into the playoffs. They're going to have an opportunity. Whether it's a one-game playoff or not remains to be seen. If they can throw Kevin Gaussman in that one-game playoff, that would be huge for them. But like I said, I think they're going to get in. And so I think at 14 to one, they are definitely worth a look here for the pennant. And this is one that's different from the White Sox, who are a World Series future to me. You know, the Giants are 16 to one to win the World Series, 14 to one to win the NL pennant. Might as well just take them to win the NL pennant at that point. You're not really getting a whole lot more line equity waiting on the World Series price. Whereas for the White Sox, for the World Series at eight to one. I think that's definitely better than their plus 330 price tag to win the American League pennant. They will be in the playoffs. Both of those teams, the Giants and the White Sox, will be in the playoffs. And that's an important thing when you're looking at the futures markets here. Take a team that you know is going to the postseason. Don't guess on whether or not they'll get there. Take a team that you know will get to the playoffs, barring some sort of catastrophe or something like that. You, the last thing you want is to have to sweat a bet to get into the playoffs, let alone then having to kind of play around with the future and all of that. For example, a team like the Atlanta Braves are 23 to 1 to win the National League pennant, 33 to 1 to win the World Series. Do I think they can get in? Yeah, I think so. But I would rather take them at 5 to 1 for the division because that's their only path into the playoffs. They cannot get there as a wild card team. So, with that in mind, I'll take the 5 to 1 for the division. And not sweat them making the playoffs at all with 23 to 1, 33 to 1, something like that. I think that would be a better approach, at least as far as I'm concerned. But of course, if you want to go for you know the big payout, the big profit potential, the lottery ticket, so to speak, I think you can kind of take a look at that. But again, as over overall here, as far as the, the futures market goes, I think you look at the White Sox because they're going to make the playoffs, and the Giants, because they're going to make the playoffs and the Giants with some bigger, nicer prices out there in the futures markets. Make sure you email me, skatingtripods at gmail.com, to get the notes for these editions of the Betters Box, the script that I go off of for the show here. You can get a lot of good information coming out of this podcast and out of the notes for the show. Quickly, let's roll through the player futures here and kind of take a look at these. The AL MVP, Shohei Otani, the favorite, minus 155. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the second choice, plus 140 nobody else lower than 40 to 1 out there in the marketplace and the reality is if Shohei Otani stays healthy he should win this I mean he's putting up numbers that we haven't seen since Babe Ruth now Vladimir Guerrero Jr. could win the Triple Crown and obviously could take some votes away from Otani but with Otani being a, a dual threat guy being a pitcher and also a hitter this is his award to lose at this point in time and there are some injury concerns to be sure but with that being said it's probably Otani, and if it's not, it's Vlad Jr. So if you're looking for anything here in this AL MVP market, I think you have to get really creative. I think you have to look at a really extreme long shot. A reasonable price, maybe Carlos Correa at 60 to one, having a big year in a contract year. Astros look to be one of the best teams in baseball again, so maybe Correa is sitting on a monster second half, can kind of push himself into that discussion, and especially if Vlad gets hurt or if Otani gets hurt. Correa probably the guy who I think is next in line to really be the top choice so at 60 to 1 you could maybe throw a small bet on him but I'm also looking at Joey Gallo here at 200 to 1 Joey Gallo since the start of June basically since the substance crackdown has been a really really potent hitter he's on track for over 40 home runs and I think there's a chance that Gallo gets traded here at the trade deadline and if he goes to a contending team and winds up having a big August in September, that's a guy that could work himself into the mix in case of injury to Otani or Guerrero as well. So the only thing I would really look at there is either Correa or Gallo, but again, right now it looks like it's either Otani or Vladito. The NL MVP race, Jacob deGrom, plus 115, Fernando Tatis, plus 160, Ronald Acuna Jr., plus 450, everybody else 35 to 1 or higher. I don't think that there's a whole lot of equity here for the NL MVP. If DeGrom stays healthy, he probably wins it because he's having a ridiculous season, both at the plate and especially on the mound. If he doesn't, Fernando Tatis Jr. wins it. If he's not healthy, Ronald Acuna Jr. wins it. So you basically need three guys to get hurt for any of the long shots to come through here for the NL MVP. So I don't really see it happening. And also, too, a lot of the guys having big years, Acuna, not on a playoff team as of right now. Jesse Winker, Nick Castellanos, not on a playoff team. Nolan Arenado, not on a playoff team. So there's also that, too. We know Mike Trout has won the MVP without being on a playoff team, but it is kind of a difficult thing to do. So that's something I think you really want to pay attention to with these player futures markets is that even though they shouldn't be punished for it if their teams don't make the playoffs, it does happen with these awards that people vote on. So that is something you want to file away in the back of your mind. The A.L. Cy Young is very interesting now as Garrett Cole struggled again on Sunday. Still the favorite, but at this point in time with how he's looked not being able to use the same substances, I don't think he's got a chance at this. And furthermore, even if he does turn it around, why would the voters vote for him when it seems like he's definitely benefited in a quite significant way to using these substances? So all of a sudden, the A.L. Cy Young very much wide open here. Carlos Rodon, 3-1. to one. Lance Lynn, plus 550. Shane Bieber hasn't pitched in like six weeks, and he's still 15-1. to one. Not a whole lot of guys that I like on this board because I think the votes will be pretty split, but one guy I think has some equity right now, and again, worth maybe a small price, is Nate Uvalde of the Boston Red Sox. This season is kind of setting up a little bit like Rick Porcello's Cy Young season a few years ago, where he had a good ERA and he won 22 games, so he wound up being the MVP, The peri- or the, uh, Cy Young, excuse me. The peripherals weren't that great for him, though, but he still won the award. Nate Uvalde has better peripherals, could have the wins with the Boston Red Sox, and also you know, has the ERA and some of the other metrics that you're kind of looking for I think Uvalde has a serious shot at this if he has a big second half. So at sixty to one, I think that's a price that is definitely worth taking a look at. Because otherwise, I mean Carlos Rodon has had a lot of injuries throughout his career. Lance Lynn, maybe he gets it, maybe he doesn't. I think that he's probably the top choice at this point, but you know, something could happen to him. I think Nate Uvalde at sixty to one is a long shot worth taking a look at. As far as the NL Cy Young, Jacob Degrom minus seven hundred here. If he stays healthy, he wins it. There's no doubt about that. He's the best pitcher on the planet. Brandon Woodruff is twelve to one. Kevin Gaussman, fifteen. Yu Darvish and Zach Wheeler eighteen to one. Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer also up high on this list. I think Gaussman is probably the guy that you want to take a look at. You know, not a whole lot being said about the Milwaukee Brewers and what they've done this season. Even though Brandon Woodruff has been very, very good. But I think Gaussman is the guy that you take a look at here as maybe the insurance policy to DeGrom being hurt, but you know ultimately wouldn't be a big play for me because if DeGrom does stay together and we have every reason to believe that he probably should, then he winds up winning this award. So just wanted to run through that, had a listener request to talk about some future stuff, so figured this Monday show was a good time to do it. Let's take a look at the week ahead here. Preview some games coming up for this week beginning with the Phillies and the Cubs. Matt Moore, Zach Davies, Aaron Nola, Jake Arrieta, and then Zach Wheeler and Alec Mills in this series. The Cubs offense, drawing Nola and Wheeler here, not going to do much for their confidence or their recent play. Their offense has been very bad here of late. I don't think that turns around in this series. Tonight's kind of a must-win game, I think, with Davies on the mound against Moore because it will be very tough with Nola and Wheeler, and especially on Tuesday with Jake Arietta on the mound. So we'll see if we get some line equity to fade Arietta and back Nola on Tuesday. Not sure I'll have a whole lot in this series to bet on otherwise. Red Sox and the Angels start up a three-gamer tonight with Martin Perez and Jose Suarez, Nate Uvalde on Tuesday against Shohei Otani, and then Eduardo Rodriguez against Andrew Heaney. To that Yovaldi point that I talked about previously, if he stacks up well against Otani in a spotlight kind of matchup, his Cy Young price probably drops a little bit from 60-1, to maybe into the 50-1 to range or something like that. So if you think that I'm on the right track here with Yovaldi, maybe you want to make that bet now and just go ahead and gamble on that start on Tuesday where he'll face off against Otani and the Angels. But The Red Sox staying on the West Coast here. Yovaldi and Otani, as I mentioned, a great matchup on Tuesday night. Eduardo Rodriguez looks like a guy in line for some positive regression. So lots of lefties in this series. I think that's kind of an interesting wagering angle as Boston gets three of them here, actually. Kind of like Boston for the series price here, if you could find something reasonable with that. Tough, of course, with Otani on Tuesday. And they're in a dog roll today uh, in that Perez and Suarez matchup. But for me, I think Boston is just... They're being disrespected a little bit in the marketplace relative to tonight's line, so we'll see what happens here as we go forward in this series. A's and the Astros, as I mentioned, battle for first place down at Minute Maid Park. The A's cannot leave in first place, but they can close the gap here. Chris Bassett, Framber Valdez in Game 1 on Tuesday. Sean Manaya, Luis Garcia on Wednesday. Frankie Montas and Lance McCullers on Thursday. Great series, great pitching matchups. I think the A's actually match up fairly well here with how Bassett and Mania have been pitching. Uh, But the Astros, they've dominated this season series. They flip the switch whenever they want to. We'll see what happens in this one. We'll see if there's any betting value in this one. But I think it could be a little bit tricky for Oakland here to gain ground in this series. Lastly, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. John Gray and Riley Smith on Tuesday. Antonio Sensatella, Merrill Kelly on Wednesday. Chichi Gonzalez and Zach Gallen on Thursday. Look, something has to give in this series. The Rockies are 6-31 and on the road this season, but Arizona's lost like 50 of their last 58 games. The Diamondbacks are in an, an historically bad stretch of the season here, and it doesn't seem to be getting better anytime soon. But the Rockies, very good at home. Very bad on the road. Highest ERA on the road. As I mentioned in yesterday's article, they're in the top 25 in home ERA for the first time since 2010. They've pitched really well at home and really poorly on the road. I'll be curious to see how the market views this series. I'll be curious to see how this series shakes out between the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. No edition of ATS Radio on Tuesday. I've got some business I need to tend to, so I won't be doing the show with Brian. I'll be back next week with that to talk about the Open Championship, and I'll be back again on Thursday for a new edition of the Better's Box. Again, email me, skatingtripods at gmail.com, to get on the list for the Better's Box show notes. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And remember that you will never strike out when you're in the Better's Box.